0: Europe calling. You're listening to Vince Tracy and Neil Cole. What's in the news this week, especially from the UK and from Spain? Europe calling. A very good day. Welcome, everybody, to our podcast for the 13th of December. 2022, it's Europe calling. Okay, our weather here today is uh, it's been surprisingly mild in the morning and uh, looks wintry, but when you go out there, it's not feeling bad at all, really. So let's go around about um, three quarters of an hour or so to the west and let's find out how things are for Neil. So first of all, Neil, um, what's your weather like?
1: Well, this morning when I got up, I'm thinking I'll put my tracksuit on and, and a sweatshirt and go walking. And when I, when I walked downstairs and walked out on the veranda, I was in shorts and uh, a T-shirt. And that's how I went on my walk. And now it's just clouded over now. But it's still quite mild, it really is quite mild, but the sun were out this morning, I thought, oh, this is lovely. So, as I say, I was going to go in a tracksuit, then I ended up in shorts and a T-shirt, and it was lovely. Yeah. It's still warm outside, but the clouds come over now.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, for this time of the year, uh, I suppose really it's w- w- when when you look at it, you know, it's not that different to most years. But it's the way. Um, in fact, I think uh, we shared a, a one of these uh, little things that goes through the Facebook channel, and um, basically it was to do with Greta Thunberg uh, holding up a picture of saying oh, that, yeah. Uh, yeah. suggesting that it was a, a bit too cold for her. I think that was what she was saying, and also, yeah.
1: uh, I, think, I think the things that sorry i've got it wrong i'm absolutely
0: freezing yeah, yeah. no i thought that was very yeah. funny and very revealing actually you know so yeah okay yeah. very good let's see where we go this morning then uh, let's see we'll start with this one Okay, uh, UK civil servants have been told to call their Christmas parties festive celebrations in an attempt to avoid offending other faiths. Um, and another move to promote diversity and inclusion. Some officials have been informed they cannot drink alcohol at a celebration um, if one team member is teetotal. Speaking to The Telegraph, so again, we're looking at a paper which, you know, you expect to see good stuff in. One civil servant said the fallout of Partygate also played a factor in the restrictions around their end-of-year festivities. It's understood the government has not issued a blanket policy on Christmas parties. But individual managers have made their own interpretations based on the official faith and belief toolkit. So uh, there's a lot of other rubbish in the way. But then it goes on to say one civil servant told The Telegraph that inclusivity guidance meant they had to find restaurants that did not serve alcohol because just one team member is teetotal. The individual said no one should be expected to drink alcohol at work events and that non-alcoholic drinks should always be available. However... They felt not allowing anyone to drink alcohol due to one staff member was a step too far. Another civil servant told the paper they had uh, not been allowed to drink alcohol at their Christmas party because of Boris and the legacy of the Partygate scandal. Christmas parties are allowed in the civil service, but official guidance tells managers to bear in mind that not everyone consumes alcohol. Right. um, A lot of information to get through there. Basically, you can't have a drink when you go out uh, on your Christmas festive celebrations. Oh, sorry, I said Christmas. Not allowed to say that. Um, I've never heard such nonsense in my life, have you?
1: Merry Christmas to everybody. And if you think we're not having a drink when we're going to our parties, forget it. Because they're saying if one uh, person doesn't drink alcohol, this is where we went back to 98% of the people in the UK are not offended, 2% are, so we have to bow down to 2%. Not happening. It's Christmas, it's Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year, and that's how it's staying in my book as well. And if I'm going out and having a drink, then I'm going having a drink at a party or just out for the pub or anything. You can forget that malarkey.
0: Well, I think there's a little bit more sinister uh, background to this for me because uh, I think most people know that where this is coming from is probably the Muslim faith um, when all said and done uh, you can hide it in a load of other faiths and make it a general thing um, but uh, for my way of thinking you don't suddenly uh, want to cancel Christmas and then not allow people to have uh, the odd drink here and there. I agree you've got to be a little bit more uh, circumspect and maybe too, pe- too many people do get a bit drunk when they go out but um this is like the totalitarian state and it? it's like george orwell territory
1: yeah it's ridiculous i mean it, it doesn't affect you because you don't you, you don't drink but you still want to go to the party and see other people having a drink enjoying themselves obviously you oh, don't yeah. want to see them going berserk and overboard and falling about drunk but You've got to get into that spirit and forget the faith. It doesn't matter what faith. Yeah, I get I get where you're coming from because the Muslims don't drink, but that that doesn't make make it any worse. You can still have a party and still enjoy the music and, and if there's a dance going on or whatever. I suppose it's got nothing to do with faith. It's, got, it's it's Merry Christmas. We've had it for forever and a day, and we're going to still have it.
0: I suppose um, what I'm saying really is that you never hear of any other faith going on, banging on about not drinking alcohol. So, that's where, for me, it's obvious that this is coming from the Muslim faith. Um, when all said and done, if you don't drink alcohol, fair. Yeah, if, if you don't... I, I'm not the biggest drinker. I do drink, but, you know, I'm not the biggest drinker. But uh, I don't tell other people, you can't go and drink. I wouldn't dream of doing that. But I've seen enough evidence to suggest that other people are being told... Um, That, you know, uh, this is the one area that nobody will ever find any alcohol. Um, Well, I'm not too sure if I understand that, because if you look at, say, Coronation Street, where which is one of the, um, you know, the soap operas in the UK, and you've got um, the Muslim... Community is involved now in that part of the world and we know they've been there for donkey's years so nothing is new but it's almost as if like suddenly they've realised oh hang on we can um, have a go through Coronation Street you know about uh, how we don't drink but they get it all mixed up on the soaps don't they? Yeah,
1: I mean they all, they've always had Christmas parties in in, in Coronation Street and Enders and Hollyoaks or whatever the other lot are called and Emmerdale Farm and all that. No, that's just the way our life is. Why should the UK change their, you know, habits of a lifetime and, and Christianity or whatever, whatever faith you are, a party is a party. You can't, you should be saying to somebody, well, out of 30 of us, he doesn't drink over there, so we're not... You lot can't drink neither. Well, that's not a party then, is it? You know, you, you're just going out for just twiddle your thumbs for a few hours. But, yeah, that's but, not but you know, where I, you know where I come from.
0: You know, when it comes to Ramadan, uh, you don't turn round and say uh, they've not given any uh, instructions that you're not allowed to call it Ramadan. I mean, it's Ramadan for that faith. It's Christmas for our faith, and um, whatever the other faiths have in their faiths, it's what the the word is to describe the festivity that they're going to have and enjoy. And this is another. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, it's it's all one way traffic, isn't it?
1: Hundred so, Sorry, but you're hundred percent right there. Nobody goes bleating on that we, we start saying, "Oh, you can't have this on Ramadan and Eid uh, or whatever it is," and all that. No, they just get on with it, and there's no matter. So where's the matter about Christmas and Easter, and and all that? Why, why do they keep, you know, all on tellies of, you know, passing news uh, things through? Oh, they're going to stop people drinking, and they're going to say, no, just get on with it. You've got on go with it, the rest of your life. We're not stopping anybody else from enjoying their, you know, their faith and their and their parties. So why should it always keep coming down to this?
0: that's what I can't really understand you know, tolerance is something that I think most people we don't even think about, it doesn't come into our uh, psyche you know, it's Ramadan, great get on with it, enjoy yourselves or do whatever you need to do and then when it comes to the end of Ramadan we see you having a good time, well come on, you know um, similarly when it comes to the Christian festivals um, they should keep exactly the same principles and they're not doing that all right, Neil, we'll exactly.
1: go to... Um, well, the, ne- the next one, they might be saying, you can't buy kiddies a present at Christmas. Somebody will be telling me next minute there's no such a thing as Father Christmas. Do me a favour.
0: Well, I mean, when we've heard it from the man himself. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here we go. Here's another one. <laughs> Okay, now the weather in the UK looks awful and uh, you see that it's got minus 10 in this place, that place, the other place. We've already talked about uh, Greta Thunberg maybe trying to explain to us what global warming is all about when it's like this. Um, A serious part of it is there's lots of different things the police can stop you for, um, for driving in a general sense and this has been something i picked up which was something in the uk papers telling us in no uncertain terms that this was because of the snow so i want to describe these with you the first one is uh, if you drive with a low tread on your tires you can get ten thousand pounds worth of fine it's a lot that isn't it you know um but you must have 1.6 millimeters as um you know the lowest three millimeters is best but the thing is surely this is it's going to be for all driving it's not just snow is it Hmm.
1: that's the law if you're driving normally you know over over here you know when you go into the mountains uh they they have a, a checkpoint all the time you know when there's snow that you've got to have chains on now i get that because that's a safety thing when you're going into heavy snow you know but that that one point thing three millimeters on that's that's for normal use anyway yeah of the tread on the on your car tire you know it's there's no wrong with that it was ten thousand pound fine hang on a minute.
0: Hmm. Well, actually, uh, I, I, I'm looking at these. These are dr- draconian things that I'm reading here. Careless driving. OK, uh, £5,000. Most drivers take extra care in wintry conditions, but failing to drive appropriately to the road conditions could land you the joint second largest fine on the list. Being mindful of snow on the road, the increased, increased risk of the car sliding and of longer braking distances will help you avoid any potential... Curless driving charges. Now, uh, I was watching an, on the TV news last night, and there were drivers, as you see all the time, all over the show slipping and sliding. It's what happens in the snowy weather, isn't
1: it? Exactly. I mean, we, we pay these councils hundreds of thousands of pounds to have all the the, the salt the, the salters on the roads and this and the other. But if it comes down in one big heavy lump and it's freezing as well. I mean, you can be going at five mile an hour and just try to make a turn, and it's, it's really bad ice underneath you. You can't just go along where it wants. It's like skiing, you know. There's no, there's no uh, grip on, the, on anything, and they just slide about everywhere. That's when the, the conditions are really bad, and, and I've, I've had a couple of twist rounds, you know, in years, you know years gone by. But when you, when you see it on the road, you just use your own common sense you know, to check it nice and easy
0: and make sure you're in charge of the car. Well, I suppose it's, um, it's worthwhile going over these things because if people maybe like ourselves are likely to go and drive in England, at least we're, we're going over what will bring you like this one, £5,000 uh intentionally driving through puddles so uh pounds and uh, if the puddle is unavoidable and you slow down appropriately then that should be okay but driving through at speed can be dangerous as there's potentially um the chance to lose control of the car especially if there is snow and ice on the road well um i mean if there's snow and ice there's less likely to be a puddle isn't there?
1: exactly but uh, we've all seen it, haven't we? You've been stood at a bus stop and you're always getting, there's a puddle in front of it. You're always <laughs> going to get somebody to come through trying to round you all, haven't you? you know, we've had a go at it ourselves years ago. I'm sure I'm sure we wouldn't and have never done bu- this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Them at bu- the bus stop don't find it funny, but when you see it, if, like somebody's filmed it or anything, it comes on. It just makes you laugh, doesn't it? Even though you think, I'll kill you. I'll yeah. kill you if you if I find out where you are. I'll kill you, like you know, because you're soaking wet. Well, but, but yeah, there's no. If it's in water, there's no ice, you know. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, if it's free,
0: as if I say, it's free, did, it's free, it's, it's ice. this was written as a dire consequences of snow. You know what it's like with the UK yeah. press. Um, driving in inadequate footwear, five thousand quid. Blimey, the Highway Code states that drivers should ensure clothing and footwear do not prevent you using the controls in the correct manner. Uh, so footwear is one that... Five, I didn't realise it was £5,000 worth.
1: I didn't know there were any fines at five and £10,000
0: anywhere. No. no, I must admit I didn't either. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the thing is I've seen people driving in flip-flops and you see them here on the scooters with flip-flops, um, you know, you, you would really expect a fine, but I mean, 5,000, that is a bit excessive, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, guilty your honor on one of them, me, scooter, when it's, when it's 37 degrees, it's flip-flops, but then with the, the thing on the heel, you know, where they wrap around your heel. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, when I first had a go at driving with normal flip-flops on, you know them things that come between your big toe and your little one? Yeah. When you're pulling off, sometimes it, it bends under. So, you, you know what I mean? It, I, I get that one. Yeah. You know, as long as you've got straps around the back, you, you know, that's that's okay because they don't jam them because you're lifting your foot off and the, it, the flip-flops come in with you. But, yeah, I drive in shoes, I drive in trainers and, and that, but I didn't know you could get it. Get a fine, but I, I knew you'd get one here in in Spain if you, if you were in flip flops.
0: Okay, uh,
1: you're supposed to have someone with a with a with a heel strap or whatever they call it. Yeah, yeah.
0: The next one is a two thousand five hundred. If you've got um, right snow on the car roof a very simple fine to avoid remembering uh, to scrape off any snow before you set off. Failing to do so can be expensive and cause potentially dangerous situations for yourself or drivers behind you. I mean, how much snow are they talking about? Because I can't really see an avalanche being caused by a bit of snow on the roof of your car, can you?
1: Exactly. Not, Not only that, Right, these, these four before now, so say Ailey's going out or Anne's going out in your car, they can't even reach on top of on top of car. So what are <laughs> they gonna do? It's freezing cold, it's been snowing, so you've got to go and get a stepladder to climb up it, and probably the ladder'll slip from under you, you'll break your legs and do me a favour, please. Okay the Never, next, uh, don't like it. next well, one when it when it does saw, when it does thaw, it just slides off. It don't go flying into somebody's
0: windscreen. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I'm read, reading it. Um, then we, we go next. Snow on the car lights or the number plates. £1,000. So, uh take 30 seconds to make sure your lights are not covered and your number plate is visible i do understand that by the way because obviously you can go through the cameras and nobody knows who it is and if you haven't got your lights clear um that can cut down your visibility so i understand that um but a thousand pound again i get
1: i get that one but if you set off and you've cleaned your, your your number plate, and you've cleaned your, your headlights and your rear lights and this and the other, and you're going out and it's snowing. So what do you do? Stop every 500 yards, but keep getting out and cleaning your, your lights. And you, you can't stop the snow hitting onto your, your, your number plates and your lights. <laughs> you know, so you might have cleared it, right? You've cleared it as you got out. You've got a car, right, I'm going down to the shops. It's snowing. All of a sudden, copper stops. You said, well, you've not cleaned. cleaned them before I come out. No, no, you sw- how does that work? Please.
0: OK, well, if you've got... defective thousand
1: quid, hang on a minute.
0: It's, it's a lot of money, isn't it? And if you've got defective what? exterior lights, that's another £1,000. Um, I mean, you know, you do need to actually look around the car, just make sure all your lights are working. I understand that one. But £1,000 does seem a bit excessive, especially when you compare exactly. that with... Well, if, if you compare it's that... like if a bulb...
1: If- Go go on, sorry, go
0: on, carry on. Um, Well, I was going to say, if you compare it with um, when you leave your engine on while you're parked on a public road um, and something that occurs regularly, you could be fined £40 for doing it. Um, So, mind, it can be tempting to heat your car in the colder weather, but according to the Highway Code, if you um, have your engine on and you're stationary um, when, you know, obviously you're not in a queue or something like that 40 pound for that well i mean the thing is i understand that but then 40 pound is not really it's not going to sort of upset the apple cart as much as say a thousand or two thousand five hundred as we've been reading
1: yeah i mean that that were your lights as well i mean you you can go out you can check all your lights you can go over a bump and if there's one of her dodgy bulbs yeah yeah and it goes out well it was on when I when I come out. Yes, you know, and it's not on then. You know, so you, you go into but but now you see you can't get it. You like you've got to check it at the garage There they have to take half your car apart. From exactly, that's bin that costs yep. about two euro.
0: Yeah, makes you think about yeah. that. You know, again, it's this control. um The last one I do understand. They're only charging 30 quid. If you use your fog lights uh, when it's not foggy, um, but of course, if it's snowing, you can use it. Um, through poor visibility, uh, the fog lights could leave you with £30 fine if you don't use them appropriately. Uh, I know somebody went past me on the um, the motorway here not so long, in fact, it was last week. And uh, very difficult when it's very dark, when you've got that bright light in front of you, isn't it?
1: Exactly. Now, I agree with that one, because if, if you've got your, your rear fog lights on, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a sign on your dashboard that tells you. So, and it's not foggy, it's not snowing, it's not doing anything, but you've got them on and it's blaring at you. So you don't know whether it's the brake lights, you know, the stop lights I'm and that. that exactly but they're just the fog lights on yeah I'm, I'm with that one 30 quid yeah get and find
0: okay that's enough of that then so let's look at something which is um a little bit different here we go okay had steam coming out of my ears when i read this so i think you feel the same um we'll see high street bakers gregs famous for sausage rolls and pasties they've started letting staff put their pronouns on their name badges so the sweet and savory food giant says they brought in the option after a deluge of requests from staff now if they choose they can put she her hers he him his or they, them, theirs, to, on their badges. They are said to be even allowed to use neo pronouns never heard of these, which can include Zee, Zia, and Fae, F-A-E, F-A-E-R. The hell is this? Um, Virgin Atlantic announced, among other changes, they would have a specific pronoun badge for staff but others have been less well-received. Halifax pronouns, for example, the Halifax um, Building Society. PR disaster last June, on July, sparked an exodus of customers, took the savings out. Uh, Britons were said to have been closing their accounts en masse after the bank's social media team told them to leave if they don't like the new badges to help avoid accidentally misgendering staff. An account holder told this particular paper I was reading that he and his family had pulled out investments and savings worth £450,000 and many others said they're closing the ices down after they accused the bank of alienating them with pathetic virtue signalling and another reader cancelled his Halifax credit cards online and told customer services pronouns matter when used properly. I will not be told by any bank what I can and can't. Uh, other critics term said I care because they paid someone to come up with this rubbish, but they keep closing branches. So a branding expert called Martin Townsend said at the time Halifax's policy was a rat in a moment. You know, when he talked about the, um, the jewellery being rubbish, Um OK, I've got a comment from somebody in, the, in Thames. Being forced to declare your pronouns in a workplace, setting is a violation of human rights, being forced to out yourself as male, female, non-binary. It's like being back in the 40s and being forced to declare your sexuality. I have never, ever read such bilge as all this you know they're losing the plot i think in the uk and it'll come over here probably
1: yeah they've completely completely lost the plot what's up with neil vince Anne, hayley susan Colin, anybody uh so if i go in and i'm I'm, at my account i've got to say whether i'm non-binary or transgender or whatever all this lot no just stick with your name that you were given. All this what you are and who you are and this and the other, what's it got to do with anybody else? So you know, the
0: question... Complete and utter nonsense. The question really is, what's it in aid of? What are they trying to achieve? Um, I think what they're trying to do... Actually, as I'm reading the paper to you, the number of um, grammar mistakes on this particular paper that I read tells me that they're using automatic intelligence now i looked at um, a thing this morning which is called chatbot and i put in uh, a question the speed that the amount of information came back is astonishing and people forget we've all been teaching these blessed robots how to use the technology you know when we do the predictive text on a telephone you know people think it's a bit uh, uh, they think it's a bit um annoying and they correct it what they're doing is they're training these computers to take away our being they're going to be able to do the jobs in much more of a sense than they used to talk about in the 80s very dangerous this is and people aren't seeing it and i think it's all to do with this sort of nonsense you know
1: Exactly. I'm with you there,
0: 100%. Well, I think, um, y- you know, if uh, if people can't see now that this has been coming since the 80s, I remember, you know, we were doing the studying and people were worried about losing the jobs to the robots and everything. It was more the robots than anything else. But now you can clearly see it's not just the robots. It's things like, um, you know, having a letter you don't know if the letter's been written by somebody or whether it's just an automatic um, res- response to something. You know, uh, we're, we're going so far away from reality. I don't think we're ever going to get back if we're not careful. I don't think we can get back.
1: No. Well, are you saying all these banks are shutting, uh, shutting all these doors? They want everybody to go online and go cashless, and that? Whoa! Hang on a minute. No, hang on. Hang on. We're like, you know. 65 70 uh, 75 80 year olds no we want to go in and talk to a girl behind counter that i probably went to school with and say oh listen can you put me this or can i withdraw this and this that and the other you're actually meeting people because oh all, all you're going to be doing in a bit is just looking at any screen that there is and and that's that's you for the rest of your life you know you, you don't see anybody at bank or if you have a problem you're talking to a, a screen and then it, it comes up with you know, oh, what's the problem in this and the other? But that, that screen then doesn't give you any anything to the problem. I want to go and see somebody about this problem I've got. The you other, know, It's just ridiculous.
0: The other week, I had to go up to our banks. So we're not talking about during the lockdown now. We're talking about the banks imposing things on us. And there was nobody else in the bank at first. So, um, you know, I was going to go straight in and sit at the desk and talk to the girl. She says, stand behind the line. I said, uh, I beg your pardon, stand behind what line and why? And she had, a, she, had a, a, she had a screen, she had a mask, and she wants me to stand and wait behind this line until she is prepared to talk to me. I'm a customer. and, um, and You're paying her wages. Well, I tried to explain this to her in a nice way, and she wouldn't have it. She said, I'm the sub-director. So I said, um, "And how many members of staff have you got?" And she looked at me and she said, "There are three of us." And you're the sub-director, <laughs> so that means you've got one member of staff that maybe reports to you. Don't uh, you know? <laughs> I mean, seriously, how how ridiculous is this all going to get, Neil? We <laughs> better we better move on to something else. Driving, <laughs> drive your mad if you're not careful.
1: Yeah, dear, dear, dear.
0: Okay, now something very, very sad has happened in the UK. Um, I first saw this article which of course you'll know uh, that the news that has happened after it Four uh, full children have been rushed to hospital in a critical condition if they fell through ice on a lake in solihull as, um, as search operations continue amid fears two more could remain trapped emergency services were called to the scene at babs mill in kingshurst solihull Uh, Amid freezing temperatures and icy conditions At just after 2.30pm Eyewitnesses at the scene said the children had been playing near to the lake When two friends got into difficulties Prompting the others to help Um, only to get into trouble themselves. At a press conference on Sunday night, emergency services confirmed four children were fighting for their lives in hospital and search efforts were continuing amid reports as two further children were involved. Um, This, of course, is now well into the news bulletins and it begs the question, really, what makes children always want to go and play in dangerous places?
1: yeah uh six eight and eleven i think uh, three of them i think three of them have died that what I've seen on news yeah uh, six year old eight year old and eleven year old now I'm not being funny but you know s- some parents must say well what don't be going on there i mean you wouldn't go on you won't go in there uh, in this weather anyway you won't go in any any water would you but you know they see the ice and they think oh We'll go go and have a slide on it, you know, and this and the other. They don't realise that, you know, it's it's only thin ice, and once a couple of you are on it and you go under, you've not got long to live when it's freezing like it has been doing, you know, in the UK. It did just beggar's belief that, you know, you'd let let your kids go onto ice. If they have, or have the kids just gone out playing and just gone straight onto the ice? But it's a dreadful, dreadful, uh, you know, thing this to happen to young kiddies. You know, it really is heartbreaking.
0: Well, they were saying that, you know, this news had come through and obviously uh, you had these kids that um, now we know they've died. But they, they knew they'd been rushed to hospital and there were other kids already going on to play on the ice nearby. So... You you know, there is something inherently bad in the way that children do this. You know, if there's a rail line which they can get onto, they go and play some sort of game to see if they can um, leave it to the last minute before they cross the line and um, the the train goes by. And, you know, when you see it, your heart's in your mouth, isn't
1: it? When you see them on them lines, they don't realise there's there's about 40,000 volts going through that line, some of them. They don't know it's electrified. You know, and, and they just... And they think it's funny. You know, you think to yourself, whoa, where have you got this from? You know, it, whether it's from other kids, older kids that, you know, say to so come on, we'll go and play on railway line, this, and the other and then when there's a tragedy like this, or tragedy on, on, on railway line, that driver as well, if he's, you know, if he's scattered them all over the place, <laughs> how's he going to feel for the rest of his life?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I... I, I it's, it's, you know, as a, as a teacher, I used to always say if the weather was bad or you know if there was something going on that needed uh, something to be said you know I, I'd make sure the kids at least would hear it from me and hope that their parents would endorse the message but um, y- you know there's just something about children uh, y- you watch them on the climbing frame y- you know there's always a couple that want to go right to the very top and then you know one will dro- drop off and maybe break his arm or something and you know there is something drives kids to always look for that danger element isn't there
1: yeah yeah uh, when, when i we, i think i were either just going into seniors or, or in, in last year at juniors every year we used to get their old um safety officer come round warning us you know yeah, that's about right. certain times of the year and and going on motorways try cross motorways and going on railway lines and going, you know, in, into uh, pools of water because you still get kids go into that water, don't realise how cold it is till they go underneath. That's even in summer. You, we get quite a few deaths of drowning in, in summer for the same reason. Well, we used to have a road safety that used to come every year. And no, it, it doesn't seem to happen. If it's not on a computer, then kids won't, you know, won't see it anyway.
0: Yeah yes very very sad let's hope that um maybe i don't know we'll le- we always hear this phrase lessons will be learned they don't seem to learn them do they yeah.
1: but yeah. I s- no, I- no they don't it's the same as these you know all these uh, the, these kids that get you know killed in this and other in their own house and this and that and it's always nobody gets put to account but we're putting measures now so this sort of thing shouldn't happen no it shouldn't have been happening in the first place never mind you know a few kids being killed down the line for whatever reason
0: okay uh, we'll move on let's see where we go Okay, so we're talking the Strasbourg human rights body whose Court blocked the Rwanda deportation flights, accused Britain of displaying an antagonistic attitude towards basic freedoms. The Council of Europe, which oversees the European Court of Human Rights, lashed out at the UK in a report lecturing the country on how to run its borders. It also criticised the treatment of trans people opposed to protect Northern Ireland veterans from prosecution and urged Britain not to hand over WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange to the US uh, states. Um, Tory backbencher Ian Littlegranger said its findings were arrogant and displayed a complete lack of understanding about Britain. He added, We need to pull out of this ridiculous organisation which has no legitimacy. These officials wouldn't be allowed to run a fish and chip shop in Skegness. Right, um... The European Court of Human Rights, uh, what do you think they really are up to, these people? Because they they seem to get it wrong so many times, don't they?
1: Well, I've not seen anything they've got right yet, to be honest. I mean, not they, they make me laugh. They're going on about, you know, France and this and the other, and those with these border crossings. We're paying millions to France they should be stopping this, you know, and, and sending people to uh, Uganda or wherever it is that they were going to put them on a plane. At least there, there were buildings that they could go and live a better life there in, in people that are basically the same as they are, you know. But to keep, you know, this, this... We pulled out of EU. Why are we putting up with all this rubbish off them? Let them carry on with their own because they're all in trouble there and they pass passed through all the countries through EU to get to England. You know, it should have been stopped when when they first landed wherever it were, in Italy or wherever, but no. They let them all pass through, all come to France, all let them go, go across the, the, the channel and then we've got to put up with it all. No, that's that's not happening. Oh, It shouldn't be happening. Well, I, you know, it's I landed, did... It's like, the horse, it's like the wooden horse of Troy.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I spotted something. I'm just seeing if I can bring it up uh, at the moment I can't, but it was about... Um, these uh, people that have just decided to come in, um, you know, just to take over and uh, come into the uh, the the country, no matter which country we're talking about. But in this case, we're talking about obviously uh, talking about um, coming into England, and they're talking about them going into the holiday camps now we know they've had the hotels now the hotels have turned around and said um you can't go there because obviously um some people are, they just can see it's wrong um but holiday camps now they're empty and of course somebody owns them so why are they doing it this way anyway? You you know, I thought that uh, that was to do with the legality of coming into uh, into the country, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you're illegal, you shouldn't be in a hotel or a a hidey eye camp. No, you should be sorted out. If you're illegal, then on your way back. Sorry, you're illegal. You've got no papers. You've got no nothing. Away you go. Well, we keep putting up with all this. In UK, is absolutely beyond me.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. You see, I think there is there's got to be a bigger reason because um, you know whether whether or not you want to go down the the route of calling everything a conspiracy theory, you know as well as I do that if something is wrong, it's wrong. It doesn't you know if you have the numbers of people keep multiplying and more and more people keep doing the wrong thing it doesn't suddenly become right it's still wrong isn't it
1: you know when germany come right and and try to invade uk we're all fighting against it right no we're not doing anything about it but we can't call it an invasion that forty-three thousand has come over this water this summer you know what i mean It, it makes me laugh this hang on if they're not coming with guns around, out, but they're putting more pro- more pressure on on UK's uh, tax people. It's an absolute disgrace.
0: Well, the only the only thing that I can see is that if you've got people who are coming in in huge numbers, somebody is driving that huge numbers. Now, uh, is it that really people are being kidded or are they being funded something is making this happen and as the numbers keep going and keep you know increasing um you know is it that they're being shown maybe pictures back home on tv of people that have made the trip and now they're making a lot of money you know um it just it just doesn't make any sense really that um nobody's doing anything about it That's what I find is very, very strange.
1: Exactly. So why are they not stopped in Italy, Germany, France, you know, all EU? Why are they not stopped at the first port of call? Because they're illegal in that country as they are illegal in the UK. Why do they keep letting them through? No. Tell them you can't come in. You've got to go back where you've just come from. I'm sorry, but there you go. Get back in your boat and go back that way. They made me laugh here.
0: Well, if you've um, if you or I try to go anywhere, the first thing we'll have to get is the our papers if we go on a plane you have to show your papers before you get on you've got to show your papers when you get off and you have got to be your papers with you in case there's somebody needs proof of who you are and yet um, first of all they did throw a couple of um, families into the melting pot so so that it looked like it was a legitimate uh, party but they don't seem to do that now do they? they they seem to be quite happy that it's just all young men
1: Exactly, exactly. Listen, we've always, for migrants, we've always helped migrants out. And if you're coming from a place where you were likely to get killed because there were wars going on, we've always helped them out. For, for as long as I can remember, we've always helped people out. This this is not helping people out. This is just crucifying everybody that's a taxpayer in the UK. Because, and people with, with hotels, that they, they've got to put them up. Says who? No. Well, government will pay you so much, which is more than what you'd get for, you know, if somebody were coming on holiday. No, that's... If it's wrong, like you say, if it's wrong and you're illegal, then you shouldn't be there. And you shouldn't have got through from the, your first port of call where you landed from.
0: Yeah. OK, well, I mean, the thing is, we, we we're talking about this so often and many years now that it's obviously... Uh, I think at top level, you've got to have people who are complicit with what's going on, because if we can see it and we've talked about it and we've talked about it probably for a decade, uh, then obviously we on we are we're not just unusual, but um, we're just ordinary people looking at what's in front of our very eyes. Now, when it comes to the change in yep. government, when you look at the Home Secretary, you do have certain... Uh, we've we've had four Home Secretaries now who come from different parts of the world and that does make you think well do they see it differently to what do I dare call traditionally British Home Secretaries would have seen
1: yeah yeah, exactly there's something going on there's there's something just not right with all this that you can just keep letting them keep coming to the UK there's, there's somebody funding it or so, so, you know, or are we just not getting strong enough? Are we just prepared for let anything happen in the UK? And then all of a sudden, it'll all it'll all jump back into your face. It'll all blow up in the faces, and then go, "Well, we'll just sack the Home Secretary and put another one in." Yeah, but you can't do this. You've got to do exactly the same as the last one's done. What? So then I get, I just get thrown out the same when it, you know, when it all goes berserk. Make me up. Yeah, make me absolutely. Well, laugh. I, th- I
0: think it's, it's just up. It's just making... Yeah, sure. yeah, uh, sorry, um, it just seems to be making England always... Weaker. Everything that can be happening at the moment, including, you know, uh, I think Harry is being totally manipulated and probably hasn't got his thinking head on when it's come to what's going on with the the Netflix series and all that sort of stuff. I think the whole point of all this constant aggravation against the English would appear to be to diminish the country and make it weaker. That's what I see
1: well that's exactly what they're doing exactly what they're doing you're letting people get away with absolute murders and god knows what and, and letting the influx of anybody coming in and all of a sudden you're then not england anymore you know it's finished you might as well wrap it up i mean i'm glad i'm over here now you know
0: mm. all right neil We'll let's find you something else Okay, so we're talking about the Labour Party now, and they've accepted £15 million from striking unions since Keir Starmer became leader. So, obviously, you uh, this sort of analysis comes out. Unions leading the strikes in the NHS, the ambulance service, the Royal Mail, the railways, bus service, etc., have poured cash into Labour since he took over from Jeremy Corbyn. Electoral Commission data shows that uh, this money has been... Um, Put into the Labour Party coffers, trade unions have donated 15.28 million to the party constituency groups and to its MPs since spring 2020. Union bosses, who claim to re- represent only the interests, the work interests of their members, have called for an uprising and pledged to get this Tory government out by organising every worker in every workplace. But despite these tactics disrupting the lives and livelihoods of millions, Sir Keir has repeatedly refused to condemn strike action. Now, that was in the paper, you know, which... Again, you're reading it all the time, so I mean, you're almost immunised against what's really going on. And then the big one in the morning, uh, Mick Lynch loses his cool. The GMB's Richard Madeley tears into the RMT boss in furious row from Picket line as rattled union leader accuses Radio 4's today's Michelle Hussein of being a a right wing parrot in bizarre media round. I mean, you know, forgetting that sort of headline, I mean, really, something is knitting these unions together. Almost as never before. You've even heard them talking about um, being like a general st- strike. Somebody's be- or some people or organisations, I think, are behind this, don't you?
1: Of course they are. I mean, you, you know my verdicts on on labour and, and unions. As I say, I've said it a million times. I've a union man or a shop steward. I don't. This is this is being organised by all the unions, you know. The only people that will not be losing money is like Mick Lynch and all the other leaders of them of them unions, you know. They'll not be losing any money. But you get he comes to Keir Starmer, and all of a sudden he's got nothing to say about it. Now hang on, when the question was asked to you, Keir Starmer, well, what are you going to do? You tell us what would you do now. Because I think that all these strikers, like these 40,000 going on strike today, they're the only people that are going to be losing money. And if it carries on over Christmas, well, their Christmas won't be that very good, will it? And all of a sudden, there's, there's nothing coming back from the Labour Party because if you do, the unions will stop feeding you money. You know, it, so, it's so it's always the same same thing. And they don't put what offers has gone on you know, they've been made offers and, and they just reject it at the top of the union. So everybody's got to fall in line with them. Well, sometimes it's not put it to the 40,000 and let's see by what majority they're they going on strike. Or if the majority is, no, we're going back into work, then you see that shows the the, the, the scandal that it is some of these. You just shout them all out. Let's just go back to the um, uh, motor industry. We Red Ken. Right? Yeah. Look how that ruined it. Happened. All our all infrastructure started falling bits then. You know, because you can't use that spanner. You need to use this. And you can't pick that up. And he, he's got to go over there. No. Put it to the, put it to the members themselves. And let's see where, where you go down the line then. Because some of them will would accept what, they, what are they being offered. You know. But they make me laugh. And that case Starmer do me a fair. An old Labour Party. You know, they've got nothing, nothing, any ideas to come and tell us on the on the television or on the you know Wi-Fi and all this lot of what they would do. Because the last time they were in, they left us with no money anyway, and Gordon Brown sold our pension pot away. So don't talk to me about Labour and all that going to do everything for everybody. It's not happening.
0: I've got to say, I you know, I don't really feel that the Conservative politicians are particularly any better but what i do see now is my suspicions of communist international interference i think that is totally and utterly what is behind this knowing full well that you know britain does actually have a nuclear deterrent they want to wonder they want to undermine britain i think that that is totally clear to me that that's what's going on and i think quite honestly behind the union leaders that um are already getting paid very good money for doing what they do um, i'm amazed that the that the union members aren't seeing through this a lot more clearly that they're ruining everybody's lives yet they're not going to be ruining their own lives are they
1: exactly some of them are on more than um, uh, more than term prime minister. Yeah. Some of these leaders at unions. Hang on. Who, t- who said you could have a rise? Who, who gives you the rise? The selves. You see that? It, it's a confliction there it, it straight away. But that's you know, what communism uh, is. Uh, and this, and, 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 yeah, I know. Exactly. I know where you're coming from. And I'm with you on that. But it's like it's like all politicians. They vote for their own wage as well so you know you're in this you're in this this elite band at the top everybody that's making the country grow or try and grow and, and you know build all the you know the companies up and this and the other and they're not going to lose any money when all these people are out on strike for six seven eight ten twelve fourteen weeks it's you i did nine weeks once and it's not easy yeah but they think they don't give a toss about anybody that's lower down below than them as long as they've got the the faces on the telly and they're still getting massive amounts of money in wages and god knows what they'll just carry on doing it like that but every time there's an offer made it should be put to the membership
0: yeah Yeah, no, i totally with you. And uh, all I can say is that over my lifetime, um, I've seen the unions getting sort of stronger and stronger again after sort of, you know, being put in the place. They've come back and obviously come back with a better strategy. And this is the strongest one I've seen ever. You know, all the unions coming out at the same time, at a time when England could far not they just don't really need anything like this because it's difficult for everybody as it is anyway uh, i mean i have to say i'm not impressed by the conservatives i think they've been awful but i think that the labor party would be even worse which is terrible to think isn't it
1: exactly well corbyn tried it didn't he yeah. he, he really wanted everybody to go out on strike corbyn and when it comes to uh, you know why we'll have election then we'll see who, who thinks about you you know and your communism uh, your policies and this that and the other and next minute he got shot down by a massive amount <coughs> sorry excuse me so ne- now it's coming up well what it's doing now is is the unions are calling for all these strikes so in other words let's band together we'll break up the tories but then nobody else is going to benefit but then you yeah. know the workers are not going to benefit because they'll have lost that much money. It's going to take them 12, 18 months to get get back onto a le- even keel. Yeah, you know it makes me laugh. But if I were, when I was strong enough and and I thought it were realistic for me to go out on strike, I didn't expect it to last nine weeks. No, I went out on strike, and when they put the the the, the first uh, the, the first pay rise that they offered us, but mainly ours, were for job security, when yeah. they put that to us right we were happy to take uh, a bit more as long as they've made sure that we had job security and it took nine weeks to sort it out and then everything went smooth again then and i don't think we've had another one since so you know you've got but you've got to put it to the people who it's affecting not these that are just sat up there in the great big houses and god knows what getting more than prime minister telling us we are going out on strike whoa hang on a minute
0: yeah no you're right um one lighter one to finish off with come on we've got to we've got to see something a little bit better here we go okay we're going to say goodbye in style to somebody jeffrey holland who starred as spike dixon in heidi hi hody ho has remembered (laughs) I remembered Ruth Maddock for the fun and laughter they shared on set following her death, age 79. Uh, she became a household name, playing the chief yellow coat, Gladys Pugh, in the BBC One sitcom about a holiday camp set in the late 1950s oh you know when you think back um you know it's so long ago isn't it you know when the, the, yeah. the happy days aye? yeah
1: we, we used to go to holiday camps you know at school yes and we loved it you know when we were at school the, your mum and dad had put like 10 bob in and, and two and six at one week He'd forget it so you could go there you go on a shadow bang you got there in the real sorts but do it were it were great and that, that were that were a belting show. It were quite. It were really funny as well.
0: Yeah, I I used to like it. And um, when you th- think back to the innocence and the way that um, you know the, the society has changed, my goodness, you know, if you think back to those days. Did you ever see, I don't think you... Well, you saw the the character that was effeminate, but you didn't really see it as a gay thing. You didn't really ever worry about transgender. I don't think that existed. And then, you know, we didn't really think about any racist stuff. It was such a simple time, wasn't it?
1: Exactly. Exactly. You know, when you saw the, the gay characters coming on telly, you just say, oh, he's a Nancy boy. That was it, you know, and that's how he wanted to be, that old flamboyant and all that. And he would do funny, and he wanted to be funny, you know, and they weren't doing were none of this racist stuff. We had black and white minstrels, we had Al Jolson, all, now everybody's offended about everything. You, your grandma knitted you a gollywog, uh, knitted it, it were a knitted doll for a kid, mm-hmm. and now you can't even have that, you know, what's the world coming to? I think also I don't think it's a better place than when we were going on holidays in 50s and 60s i don't i definitely don't think it's a better place today than it was
0: no i think you're absolutely right and another thing i don't remember the amount of violence and uh, sexual content that you got on today's programs uh don't think they were around as much in the, in the certainly the 50s and 60s were they
1: no no i mean we didn't have color tools what were it 17. 66 world cup or something you were lucky if you've seen it you know with no color tellies then no everything were well everything was just down to earth and great fun and you you were out playing most at times i mean some of these kids don't go out for 12 months a year just sat in the rooms what you know on a phone or on an ipad or whatever get out there and get doing something marvelous
0: i think you're right actually the the, the Further away that you can get from a TV, uh, certainly the news bulletins. <clears throat> Go and watch something light and uh, get away from the internet and everything. Um, right, well, Neil, we've put the world to rights again. So, so without any further ado, let me ask you for your prediction: Who's going to win the World Cup?
1: Um, well, it's it's looking. France, uh, I'd have to have a go at France, uh, even though I weren't impressed with them the, the other night. Um, I'd like Morocco win it, to be honest. <laughs> Not you for know me. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, because they, they, put, they put out all these teams, they, they've done the best, and, and they were always, you know, like what we call second leaguers from all the top, you know, your, your France's, your Holland, your Germany's, and all that. I, I'd like to, you know, have uh, unsung heroes and, and let them, you know, make make it the first African team to win it anyway they've done They've done. first African team to get to where they are yeah. so go on gather go at them and get it won
0: OK and uh, we don't see you for two weeks so um, have a good break and we look forward to seeing you in the new year
1: hopefully I might get a bit of a tan in Tenerife while I'm having Christmas there but <laughs> yeah I'll, I will definitely ring you the minute I get back
0: Vince lovely look after yourself have a great time cheers Neil all right, Vince. Thanks very much. I'll speak to you soon, Paul. And happy Christmas. Ah, ma- no, Merry Christmas. Merry and a Christmas. Happy New Year. And a Happy Merry New Year. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Neil. See you later, Vince. Bye bye. Bye.